We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast welcome back to another episode of the pack a day podcast you can get all of your pack a day updates by following us on twitter at pack a day podcast and remember to subscribe to the podcast on apple Podcasts, google play TuneIn, stitcher or spotify and of course you can always check us out on cheeseheadtv.com. I am Maggie Loney, and I'm joined by one of my co-hosts this week, Andrew Mertig. We are back for another Friday edition of the podcast. Kyle is, I think, in a hotel somewhere, very vague on the details. (laughs) So, Andrew, how are you doing? That sounded so shady of a way to introduce (laughs) that topic. But yeah, I'm doing really good. Lots of fun things going on. We got the schedule released. Like, we knew none of this stuff, right? We didn't know the opponents and where they were playing or or anything, right? NFL uh, thinks we're making this seem like a really, truly great unveiling. Uh, I was honored for the second time in, I think, four weeks to be a special guest on Pax What She Said. So thank you to you and Perry. And I would highly encourage uh, people to to spread the word, word of mouth, to everybody about Pax, which she said, which is a really, really awesome show in in all seriousness. Um, and if you're not subscribed to that, what are you doing? Go do it. <laughs> and also, while, while you're spending the time, subscribe to Packaday. Yeah, Andy's going to be like, I'm not paying you guys to show for other podcasts. <laughs> like, get, get to the meat of the program. So, all right. We do have the Packer schedule. I believe Matt Schneidman of The Athletic had it leaked at like 8 a.m. You know, it was super early, yeah. but of course. Good job, NFL. Yeah. And uh, the Packers basically confirmed everything in their um, their their media release. I don't know what you want to call it. Every year it's like this fun, you know, game to see who can have the coolest schedule release. And the Packers tried. I thought it was a valiant effort. I thought going with an infomercial felt felt very Wisconsin, right? It's like very wholesome. They tried to be so nice to like all the other teams and all the other fan bases. And then you have like the Charger social media team selling Raiders fans to get jobs. Like it's just cutthroat. And the backers are like, hey guys, we made an infomercial. We hope you like it. Like <laughs> it was great. Yeah, and so we we are going to do our best to digest 
the Packers schedule today without getting, you know, a little too cliche and trying to make predictions and stuff. Because obviously there's so many things to be worked out uh, between now and September 10th. But that is when the Packers kick their schedule off. At Chicago, we get Jordan Love, Justin Fields, one-on-one for the first time. We think this is going to be a long rivalry, but, you know, saying the obvious here, Justin Fields probably out of the league in three years. So (laughs) the Packers do get a test at the Bears. Obviously, the Bears made a lot of improvements over the offseason, but it will be interesting to see how this young upstart Packers offense looks against a what was a really bad Bears defense, but obviously with a lot of free agency money and, and uh, investment in the draft adding to that. So uh, any any thoughts on Packers-Bears 1? I mean, I kind of thought this game would happen at Lambeau Field. Like, I thought they were really going to hype up Jordan Love's first start and have it be like this huge, or I guess first start as the starter not his first ever career start but I thought it was going to be like this big monumental thing to have him come out of the tunnel at Lambeau week one against like a storied rival so I was a little surprised to see that one at Soldier Field I'm not going to lie but I like it right because I know Bears fans are always like oh my god get us out of prime time we're so sick of watching like Packers Bears on Sunday Night Football and just like getting blown out of the water so I think that this was probably it made the most sense for how the Packers were going to start the season. So no complaints. Yeah. And so the Packers followed it up with a pair of NFC South matchups. Uh, week two is at the Falcons. Uh, week three home versus the Saints. So kind of an interesting start here. The The Packers get, uh, at least record-wise, the worst team in the league last year. Um, then they get Desmond Ritter and the Falcons. Then they get uh, Derek Carr and the Saints. Uh, The Saints looking for a bounce back, obviously. But this is a little bit friendlier of a start to the season than I would have anticipated. Yeah, I definitely thought that the schedule makers could be a little bit vindictive and be like, hey, let's throw Jordan Love against the Chiefs since he started against the Chiefs. (laughs) Like, you know, like there were some narratives there that I think they could have ran with. So, yeah, a really, I guess, soft way to open the, the season. But um three nfc opponents you know you always kind of it'd be nice if there was like an afc like let him start against the broncos get his feet wet (laughs) but yeah i I was kind of surprised they waited until week three to have jordan love come home to lambeau field then week four the packers are home versus the lions get that amazon prime subscription ready (laughs) because we got a thursday night matchup so the packers have home versus the saints and then home versus what many are saying is the favorite in the division, the Detroit Lions. So that that part may not be quite as uh, favorable of a schedule for them. Yeah, I think this one is going to be really fun. And obviously the Lions open their season against the Super Bowl winning Chiefs. So that's going to be a good a good litmus test for them to see, you know, if they hang and what they look like, because like you said, they are clearly the front runners in the NFC North right now. And I think we'll get into that maybe a little bit later, but at least for now on paper, the lions look like, like they're the the top contenders there. So weird scheduling quirk here. Week yeah. four, the Packers have Thursday night football. Then they bounce back into week five with a 11 day layoff. Uh, and then they are at the Las Vegas Raiders on Monday night football. So doing a Thursday to Monday, 
that that's a little strange. And that's a game uh, the furthest west the Packers play. I think I think Las Vegas is further west than than Denver. I'm embarrassing myself. Now. <laughs> <laughs> like, but uh, a game I'm hoping to be at the the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, so so that'll be a fun one. Obviously, Devonte and Jair getting. Uh, some some publicity there. Anything to add about the Raiders? No, just that I know that this was like the one that Packers fans had circled on their calendar. Every year there's like a an away game that it feels like Packers fans travel for. Um, I think the Steelers could be that game as well because it's just a fun atmosphere in Pittsburgh. But yeah, I think we're going to see a ton of green and gold in Vegas. That is going to be a very expensive ticket, unfortunately for <laughs> yes, me. Yes, it is. Uh, so the Packers then 11 days off at the Raiders. Then a bye week, week six. I I do hate when the bye week comes before week eight. Yeah. Uh, any thoughts on the advantage, disadvantage there? Just really quirky scheduling that between September 29th and October 21st, the Packers play a single game on Monday Night Football and then have their bye. Like, really kind of weird. It's kind of nice, I guess, because they're home and then they're away by away and it's two West Coast games. So maybe minimizes some of that jet lag from that travel. But yeah, really weird scheduling to have the Packers only playing one game in almost, you know, three weeks. Yeah, if they accumulate any injuries at all in the first four weeks, uh, you would think that that will be an advantage to get those players rested up. But then it does make for a very long stretch uh, you know, from week seven to week 18. Speaking of week seven, we have at Denver, the Broncos, the Packers are going to have a 325 Sunday kickoff in Denver. Uh, and then a couple of home games. We got the Vikings in week eight for the first matchup of the year between Minnesota and Green Bay. And then on November 5th, week nine, home against the Rams. So anything in that stretch that you found interesting? <laughs> I'm just going to be really curious to see what these Vikings look like by week eight. I mean, I think the first couple weeks of the season, you're going to see Jordan Addison and how he fits into the offense without Adam Thielen as a compliment to Justin Jefferson. They've still got Delvin Cook. Uh, The Rams, I think, are searching for an identity right now. So just a really interesting slate this year for NFC opponents. You know, you've got the NFC South, which is just a complete toss up. The NFC North, we'll talk about it pretty kind of up in the air as well and then their their random other nfc opponents that they play like the rams didn't have a great season last year's <laughs> barring you know of course they had a lot of injuries so really wide open nfc conference this year yeah and you know not a lot of quarterbacks that you're particularly intimidated by during this stretch you could argue matt stafford Kirk cousins probably the best quarterbacks maybe you want to throw Derek carr in there um none of those should have you trembling um, some some decent teams, but I think, you know, from a Packers standpoint, there's not a game in there that you would expect them not to be like within that like two and a half to three point range. Uh, definitely some some winnable ones. Uh, week 10 is at the Pittsburgh Steelers at noon. That's a fun one between the Pittsburgh and Green Bay fan bases. Uh, that's a Steelers team I expect to be much improved this year. And then week 11, you get the Chargers at Lambeau Field, which, uh, if I'm not mistaken, is the uh, culmination of four consecutive noon kickoffs. (laughs) Unusual. Yeah, I mean, I was surprised, honestly, that the Packers got their five primetime games without Aaron Rodgers. But I think there's a lot of intrigue. Obviously, you have Jordan Love sat for three years. What's he going to look like? What's this Packers team going to look like? Um, So, yeah, I mean... 
I'm pretty comfortable with the way the schedule is laid out. I think the the negative about it is that there's nothing like flashy, right? You're not like, oh, that's the stretch or like this is going to be what defines the season. It's really just a toss. Like this entire schedule feels like a toss up. And I think you could arrange these games in a ton of different ways. But just the schedule that the Packers drew this year, this slate of opponents, makes it a very winnable season for them. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, and that is... uh... Out of all of the games on their schedule so far to this point, I think at Steelers is really tough. I think home versus the Chargers. Chargers probably the most talented team they play. And then guess what? The Packers get the Lions on a short week for the second time in the season. (laughs) What are the schedule makers doing here? Uh, So they got Sunday hosting the Chargers, and then Thursday, the Thanksgiving game at the Lions. And not only is it at the Lions on Thursday, which is three days of rest in between, but they have the 1130 kickoff. (laughs) I mean, I like when the Packers play on Thanksgiving, but I understand that a lot of fans don't. Um, I think if you're out of market, you really like it, right? Because the Packers, it's a nationally televised game instead of being... Yeah, except that's a 930 kickoff in Pacific Standard Time. (laughs) So you get to watch the game and then eat. (laughs) I might have to watch that game in bed. Um, So then after Thanksgiving, again, the Packers get that that extended by. So there are some benefits of the two Thursday games, although I would say from a divisional standpoint, playing the the Lions on short weeks twice is is kind of a disadvantage if you think you're going to be competing for the division. Um, But then they do get, you know, that long layoff and then they have the Chiefs on Sunday night football. I think a lot of people are going to mark this one as the marquee matchup. Uh, obviously, the defending Super Bowl champion, so there's that. But then also, you know, you mentioned before the Jordan Love revenge factor. <laughs> yeah, if this game, I mean, it it made sense that it was Sunday Night Football. I didn't think it was going to be the opener, given that the Chiefs have, you know, other more established rivalries in the league. Um for their their openers and we know now obviously that they're opening against the lions but i we're going to talk about it but this stretch from the chargers to the Chiefs slash giants i think is going to kind of be the defining point of what this packers team what their expectations are for the season yeah absolutely and so you you mentioned it uh week 14 the packers go to the is it the meadowlands still <laughs> well i don't know they go to new jersey 
to face the New York Giants on Monday Night Football. Second uh, Monday Night Football game on the slate. Week 15 is home versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with maybe Baker Mayfield. (laughs) Um, And then uh, December 24th, the Packers are going to get a look at number one overall pick Bryce Young at Carolina in week 16. Yeah, it feels, and I mean, I know this kind of happens across the league, but then you've got them ending, obviously, week 17 at the Vikings on Sunday Night Football, eight, week 18 to be determined at this point against the Bears at home. It feels like the Packers have finished against the NFC North. I know the the week 18 game always is against a division rival, but they always have some of these like really important, even outside of the division, like the NFC race, arguably, if you're thinking like wild card spot. I don't think you want to play the Vikings on Sunday night football and then have to turn around and play the bears, but it feels like at least the last three, four seasons, the Packers are ending in those last three, four games playing two, if not all three of their NFC North rivals. Yeah. And this sort of indicates to me that maybe the schedule makers are viewing the Vikings and the lions as the favorites in the division and they're putting the Packers and Bears in Week 18, expecting that to maybe not matter. Um, you know, certainly as as Packers fans, we can see a route to that being a really important and relevant game, potentially with some playoff implications, especially in a weak NFC. Uh, so, so yeah, a lot of a lot of interesting games on there. Uh, we have a few points that that we'll want to make. Anything about the preseason schedule? That's really exciting. At Bengals, home against the Patriots, home against the Seahawks. Yeah, I mean, like Patriots, uncommon opponent. That's going to be really fun. I know that the Bill Belichick-led Patriots are coming for a joint practice. So if you like training camp, that's really cool. Lots of Ohio Packer fans. So kind of cool to go see them against the Bengals. Obviously, it's not going to be like Joey Burrow and Jamar Chase out there. But still really cool to get to see your Packers in your home state. And, you know, I don't know, I guess for Packers fans that hate the Seahawks, <laughs> it's nice to have a game not matter uh, at Lambeau Field. So I, I actually really like all three opponents. I think that's fun for being preseason. Yeah, I, I had just indicated, like, let's talk about our overall impressions of the the schedule. Sorry, I brought up preseason. I don't know where that came from. But um, <laughs> like, really, like for me, I know we knew this a few days ago. The Packers are like the second lightest travel team in the league, maybe the lightest. I, I don't remember exactly how that went. But yeah, I mean, it's it's not bad. And especially the way that the schedule worked out, those long, those couple of long trips that they have are sort of clustered together. So so that is helpful. Um, obviously, I mentioned the Lions short week twice. That's not really great from a divisional standpoint. But if you have to have two short weeks and you want to look at the positives, the Packers are at home weeks three and four. So yes, it's it's a short week, but they're home for both of those games. And then later in the season when they do it again, um, you have... I don't know why I wrote down what I wrote down, but the, the, the Packers have the Chargers at home on Sunday and then a very short trip to Detroit for the Thanksgiving game. So while that neither one is ideal, at least it's not like a long West Coast trip followed by a short week. 
Yeah, and I think, you know, one of one of the impressions I got just from this initial schedule release, and I know we're going to parse it out, you know, kind of ad nauseum over the next couple of weeks, is the fact that you look at these last one, two, three, four, five home game or five games on the schedule, and three of them are away. Like, as Packers fans, you know, you pride yourself on, like, Lambeau Field, Frozen Tundra, in the snow, and maybe that hasn't made a difference recently in the playoffs, but you've got, like, the Buccaneers coming to Lambeau, December 17th like it's a warm weather team you want it to be cold so the fact that the Packers kind of front loaded their home games and have to travel a lot in the winter like going to the Vikings in a dome on December 31st when there could be like blizzard conditions in Green Bay those kind of things I think are bummers maybe if you're a fan you're excited (laughs) to be in a climate controlled stadium but I was kind of disappointed to see see not that many home games to close out the season yeah absolutely and so uh, I know we like to talk about what is the most intriguing game on the schedule. And there were a couple that, that stood out to me. I think the the super obvious one is Week 13, Chiefs, Sunday Night Football at Lambeau. You can already envision the the opening like shot, right? Like some snow flurries on a kind of cold Sunday night. Pat Mahomes seeing his breath in the air. <laughs> You know, the young upstart Jordan Love has the Packers at probably 10 and 2 at this point. Um, And, and, you know, it's it's a marquee matchup. But in all seriousness, I mean, like from from a just a visual from somebody who loves football, this is such a cool matchup. And and Andy Reid back in in Green Bay uh, and MVS return return to Titletown. that that's an exciting one for me. Yeah, I think honestly, like it's probably such a cop out answer, but I think the Lions are going to be kind of the measuring stick for this Packers team. And obviously, like it, it kind of feels like a new rivalry forming. And it's hard to say that when, you know, it was like like Jared Goff chirping after Aaron Rodgers went to the Jets. Like, OK, now is the t- not the time to to open your mouth as you know, somebody who's who's trying to start stuff within the division, but they, you know, his final play at Lambeau interception, and now it's like a changing of the guard where you've got Jordan Love, and I think the division sees, you know, the window kind of opening for the first time in a long time. So it's hard to say that there's a lot of intrigue with this week one game other than watching Jordan Love against the Bears. It's just both teams are going to look so different. Then you've got two, eh, NFC South team. So I think that first real test and like kind of metric for what this Packers team could look like in 2023 will come week four against the Lions on Thursday night football. So that's a game that I have circled that I think regardless of how the first three games turn out, that's going to be the one that I think will be really telling. I'm super intrigued to see what the Lions are this season because there are some signs that point to the Lions taking that next step and becoming a really serious contender in the NFC. But I will just say this. I hope Mark doesn't listen to the show, but if he does, my my sincerest apologies. <laughs> the Browns were in a very similar situation a few years ago where they thought Baker Mayfield, Odell Beckham, this team is ready to take that next step and become an elite team in the AFC. And instead they crumbled. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying the Lions are going to do that, but they are on the precipice and there are some things about the way the team is coached and put together that does make me think that it is a little dangerous and, and could kind of go either way. So 
obviously the the jury is out on that one and and we will see any anything as far as like the toughest stretch in the schedule i think you kind of mentioned this but yeah, I think, you know, if you just looked at it right now on paper, throwing any type of records aside, it would be weeks 11 to 14 where you're home against the Chargers. Then you've got a short week against the Lions to come home to, to take on the Chiefs on Sunday Night Football. Then you go to New York on Monday Night Football against the Giants, who, you know, by all accounts could have been playoff team. Like <laughs> they were right there with in it. loaded NFC East, surprisingly to a lot of people. So and I mean, knowing how that game turned out in London last season for the Packers, very different rosters at this point. But yeah, so to me, it's Chargers, Lions, Chiefs, Giants. I think that's a really tough and, you know, throw in the Steelers too at Steelers mm-hmm. week 10. That five game stretch is going to, I think, define the, the season or I keep saying define the season. But those five games, that's when you don't really want to get on a skid. You've got to try to win at least two of those. Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly what I was going to say. And I was even going to add in the the Steelers there. I think that that's a really interesting stretch. Let's say the Packers start out kind of like, OK, and, and they're four and four going into that stretch. And then it's like, OK, well, you're, you're either going to come out of this like in the playoff hunt or you're going to be talking about your draft. <laughs> you're going to be four and nine. So. Yeah, yeah, it, absolutely. Um, and then. So best one-on-one matchup, I think I accidentally ruined mine earlier when I was talking about the Raiders and Devante and uh, Jair, but did did you have anything else that you wanted to add to that? Yeah, I think that one is going to be like, you know, all the posters and the advertisements that they have for this game. Very obviously, like you hope Jair shadows him the entire game because we've seen some of that in training camp. So it's going to be really fun to see that happen now. And they both love to talk, right? Like there's going to be so much trash talk between those two. It's going to be a blast. But my honorable mention here, and I think it's more telling to this Packers defense and what we're hoping it will be. Um, Kenny Clark even talked about it in his presser earlier in the week that this defense has to start hot and they have to tackle better. So week two, Quay Walker against Bijan Robinson. I want to see that. Like, I I think that's going to be a really good glimpse at what this defense is going to look like against a really young NFC South offense that's that's got some firepower. That that Falcons offense could be really fun. There were two other ones that popped in my mind, and ironically, the second one was involving Quay Walker. So I was going to say week 13, Quay Walker against Travis Kelsey. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, how much has he grown in the past game? And nobody stops Travis Kelsey ever. But right. could the Packers throw something together to to maybe slow that down enough that, you know, we see maybe a repeat performance of the last time the Packers and Chiefs squared off? And the other one uh, is the potential, if both are healthy, and that's a big if, of David Bakhtiari against TJ Watt. I think that that could be a really, really fun matchup of two elite level players did you know that the packers could have drafted tj watt i never heard that before (laughs) all right uh really quick before we wrap this up you said we weren't going to do this at the beginning of the show but i just have to know a way too early season prediction because it's very easy to look at this schedule as a packers fan and be like oh 13 and four like Malafleur is gonna do it again he's gonna win 13 games so go ahead and give me your floor and your ceiling for the most and fewest wins for this Packers team and you know what you think is the most realistic I think they could be 17 and 0 or 0 and 17 probably I should not have asked you that question <laughs> no I yeah that's that's a great question I I have not considered this so you know let's say there's six eight 
10 there's there's 13 winnable games i think this team can win nine and i think they That's your surprise ceiling. us and win one of the games i didn't think was winnable so let's say i would say the ceiling not this is never the ceiling because any team can go out and go like 12 and 5 like literally almost any team in the league not the cardinals <laughs> So if you're talking true ceiling, I think the Packers could be a 12-win team if everything fell right. I think the realistic ceiling is probably about 10 wins, and I would expect them to be somewhere between 7 and 10 wins. And I would say a prediction would be 9 and 8. Yeah, I think these division games are going to get a lot harder. You know, it used to be like you could just chalk up the six division games. You had... God, what would that math be? The five other home games. So you were looking at like 11 wins and that was just kind of what the Packers did, right? They always won at Lambeau. And then Mike McCarthy used to say that, right? If you win at home and then you split your games in the division, you split your games on the road, like, you know, that's that's how you get into the playoffs. So I agree with you. The 10-7-11-6 feels like a a generous ceiling at that point. Um, But I... I don't think the floor is lower than seven and 10. And, you know, I, I I know there's so much doom and gloom with this team, but I think there's a lot to be optimistic about. And I say this knowing that if the offense doesn't click and the defense, you know, regresses, like we hope it doesn't, you know, this is best case scenario. If everything works out for this Packers team, they absolutely could be a wild card contending team, especially, you know, with the way that this team has responded to, social media saying that they're not rebuilding and you know they have chips on their shoulder like you know this is a historic franchise and we're not used to being the underdogs like there's a lot of animosity here going into the season and I think they want to prove some people wrong so I don't know and that eight to ten win range feels right I could see the wheels falling off but I could also see them really rallying around Jordan Love and making this a season that people don't expect yeah, absolutely. And I mean, a team quarterback by Daniel Jones made the playoffs last year. A team quarterback by Jerry Goff finished above 500. So Rex Jordan Grossman Love doesn't... went to the Super Bowl. That is, yeah, right? Like, and <laughs> so you don't have to be perfect if you're Jordan Love. You just have to be good enough to let everybody else around you shine. And hey, if he happens to be good enough, then watch out because this team does have a lot of talent in other positions. Uh, so this is fun. We know what the schedule is. This is going to help us uh, in projecting forward and, and really getting ready for the start of the season. I know this is the time when people sometimes tune out for a couple months. Um, and, you know, that's up to you. But I will say we have a lot of really exciting content coming up, especially Kyle, Maggie and myself. We go through what this schedule is. Uh, we we do deep dives into divisional opponents and then also take a look at every other team on the schedule, how those rosters are formulated, how they match up with the Packers. And so I do think, you know, if if you got a long commute like me, it's a fantastic way to to get through uh, what could be the doldrums of the rest of May and June. But I promise you that'll help make it go by really fast. And we'll be at training camp way sooner than any of us think. Uh, so make sure that you you stay tuned for that. But that is all the time that we have for today. This has been the Packaday Podcast. You can find Maggie on Twitter at Maggie J Loney and also on at at Packs. What she said is that the Twitter handle at PWSS Podcast. 
Yeah, there you go. That's what I meant. <laughs> but also on Pax, what she said. And you can find me at Andrew Mertig. Go ahead and check out Kyle at, at Packer underscore Pundit if you feel like it. Uh, please subscribe and consider giving us a rating if you like what we're doing. You can catch Kyle, Maggie, and myself every Friday. And next week we'll be back with more off-season coverage. Thanks for listening. And as always, remember... Whoa!